I don't know about you, but I prefer to stay home in my sweatpants and plug away on my computer. Can you tell I'm an introvert? My husband calls me a hermit. So when I hear the term networking, I cringe. Until I met Dana Kay. Once you listen to her advice on how to network from home and how to approach networking, you'll be more inclined to reach out to others. Dana Kay is a veteran publicist, social media pro, and brand manager. Known for her innovative ideas and knowledge of current trends, she coaches her clients on how to identify and establish their unique personal brands. Dana is also the author of Your Book, Your Brand, the step-by-step guide to launching your book and boosting your sales, and the creator of Branding Outside the Box, where she helps authors and entrepreneurs become more memorable. Hey there, Mom Boss. Welcome to the Social Media for Mompreneurs podcast. I'm Allison Scholes, brand strategist and lifestyle stock photographer. And yes, I'm that boss lady in sweatpants. If you're ready to fine-tune your personal brand, grow your business on social media, learn some really cool marketing hacks, all while balancing family life, then girl, you're in the right spot. And please don't be shy. You can connect with me over at bossladyinsweatpants.com. If you're ready for today's show, go ahead and hand out the kids' tablets, open those juice boxes, grab your coffee, and hide in your closet. It's time to dive in. Hi, Dana. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Allison. I'm excited to chat today. I'm excited too, because I really like our topic today, and we're going to dive into not only networking, but networking for introverts. So for being a fellow introvert, I'm just excited to have you on the show today. But before I dive into my questions for you, Dana, will you please take an opportunity to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your business? So I am a veteran book publicist and brand manager. I launched my PR company in 2009. We represent authors and publishers. So we do all things literary. And as you can imagine, as book people, a lot of us are introverts. (laughs) We would (laughs) all rather be reading. Uh, But what I really love about what we do is that I get to introduce people to new books and I get to kind of play matchmaker between authors, their books and readers. And I've been, like I said, in business a little over 11 years now. So much has changed. (laughs) So as a publicist, our job is to manage their, their brands, their public persona. So that includes their media interviews, their book reviews, any social media management, the events they do, speaking they do all of those things. And so, so much has changed, but it's been a really, a really fun ride. And in 2016, I came out with a book called Your Book, Your Brand, the step-by-step guide to launching your book and boosting your sales. And I had a lot of people coming to my launch events that were not writers. They were small business owners. And they were saying how, even though this was for writers, it was fundamentally all the same. Like the, mm-hmm. the way to build a brand and build a loyal community online resonated with them, even though I was talking mostly to authors. And so that's when I launched Branding Outside the Box, which is an online community for people looking to become more memorable and make more meaningful connections. So I have a podcast and a newsletter and blog post, although the blog is a little defunct now because I've been podcasting more. Um, but that's basically the things that I do for authors translated into um, content for entrepreneurs. 
That is really cool, Dana. And I'm sure because you were talking a lot about PR for authors. And did you find when you were trying to do events with those authors to publicize their book and get their name and their book out there, did they struggle with networking? Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Because not only are some of them are a little bit more extroverted, like they're excited, they spend their days talking to made up people. (laughs) They spend their days making up characters and then they're unleashed onto the world and they're very excited. But there's plenty who don't really know how to, I think we're all very bad at talking about our own work. So even that exercise of Dana, tell us what you do. Mm-hmm. That took some practice to really hone in on what exactly I do and how I serve my community. So I think it's not just about the meeting new people. I think a lot of it is getting clarity on how to introduce yourself. So when someone says, what do you do? You don't just say, I'm a writer or even like, I'm a romance writer. You need to be more descriptive of the types of stories you write and the types of things you publish. And if you're an entrepreneur, like what your business is, who you serve, how you serve them. So I think once you get clarity on that and you know how to respond to that dreaded question, <laughs> it feels a lot easier, even if you're not, intro- even if you are introverted. Now, I'm sure we have a lot of moms listening that are introverted and they hear the word networking and they probably cringe or, you know, they just shut off their mind and they just don't want to listen because I remember I used to think as networking as I have to go to events, I have to sit down with salesy people and have a handful of business cards in my hand. That's how I envision networking and that's how it used to be. But a lot has changed. So how can work at home moms make new connections and broaden their network without traveling or paying hundreds of dollars for childcare? Yeah. I mean, I love making a personal connection, a face-to-face connection, but like you said, it takes time, not just time away, time for you, but time for logistics and travel and all of those things. And it takes money because you are paying for childcare and you are paying sometimes an entry fee or a conference fee. And so And not all of us are mobile. Like some of us live, you know, you and I live in a metropolitan area. It's a little bit easier, but there's many mom working home moms who are working in rural communities where there isn't a lot of in-person networking. So I think the the advent of the internet (laughs) made things a lot easier. But I think that going back to the idea that social networking sites, they've transitioned to say they're social media sites, but originally it was social networking. Twitter and Facebook were built for conversations and community building. And so how can we go back to that idea? How can we go back to this idea that it's not social media, it's social networking? And so a couple of the ways that I've been networking online without you know, being salesy or creepy and making real connections is, for example, my preferred platform is Instagram. And I do a lot of DMing. So if I am listening to like this podcast in my car and one of your guests or you say something that resonates with me, when I park, I'll send a DM or I'll record a voice memo saying, I just listened to episode 35. This was so great. Really loved it. Keep up the good work. That's it. No ask, no pitch, nothing like that. I will also share people's content because as you know, we're all trying to get seen on these platforms and we're all trying to beat the algorithm. And so the kindest thing you can do for somebody is to share their content. 
So I spend my time on social media. I don't actually spend that much time posting. I spend more time shooting DMs to people, sharing their content, commenting in a way that's meaningful, not the great post, high five emoji, Mm -hmm. um, but in a meaningful way. And I do that for a few weeks before I make any sort of ask, before I say, hey, it looks like I have a great idea for your podcast, or I have a client who would be a great fit for your podcast, or "Hmm, I think we could collaborate on something. Do you want to have a virtual coffee date, whatever that may be. So that's one way I've used social media to network is to reach out to people who I either want to connect with for, let's say, cross promotion, maybe like we want to do a podcast swap, or maybe they may need social media services, or they may be a good referral stream. I will connect with them, share some of their content, kind of boost their content by commenting and sharing. And that way, when I do make some sort of ask, they've seen that I've been engaged all along. Some of the other ways that I found is, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Mighty Networks. It's a platform, it's an app that allows online communities to exist outside of Facebook. So it's basically Facebook group without all the algorithmic privacy issues. (laughs) And so a lot of people have been cultivating online communities using Mighty Networks. So for example, I'm in, I'm in two, I'm in What Works with Tara McMullen. Um, That's a very big community. She is really, it's for small business owners and entrepreneurs. And it's, it's very, it's a very active community. Um, And then I'm also a member of the Being Boss community, which is um, Emily Thompson cultivated this with, um, she built Being Boss with her partner, Kathleen Shannon. And this is online communities for entrepreneurs who are posting things that are working, things that they're doing, questions that they may have. There's a section for classifieds. So there is a place if you have an e-course or a webinar or an in-person workshop or whatever it is to post. But what I, how I use those is, I, again, it goes back to serving. So I'll search posts that are with keywords in my topics like networking and personal branding or books. And I'll see who's asking questions about it and I will provide guidance or answers. And if it seems like it's relevant, I'll offer, hey, do you wanna take this offline and hop on a Zoom call and talk through some of this? So I think showing up from a place of service, it does two things. One, you can do this without leaving your house. You can do it while your kids are running. I I often do this stuff while my kiddo's taking a bath (laughs) and like I'm just having to sit there and make sure he doesn't drown. And you can do this like in between, you don't have to be fully present with childcare. But if you're also showing up with service and focusing on the other person, it takes the pressure off you and it's less draining as an mm-hmm. introvert. So what I find really draining is having to show up and be Dana Kay and do the thing. That's what's draining. It's not draining for me to see someone who's saying, oh, I'm writing a book, but I don't know what to do with it to say, oh, well, if you want a traditional publisher, get an agent. If you are self-publishing, here are some resources. Like, that's not draining. And it feels better. The relationship feels better because it's established on a place of mutual help versus, like you said, sales. You hit on a couple key points. I love what you said about your, when you are on your social networks, let's take, for instance, Instagram, because that's my favorite platform. You focus more on engaging rather than posting. And I think that is vital to really understand Instagram 
Instagram is not a place, and I think Facebook too, it's not a place to go and try to sell your products or services. It's a place to build community and engage and get to know other people. And I like what you said. It does take the pressure off when you are an introvert. And I remember in the beginning, I was jumping on the social networks. Um, if you were to look at my feeds like two years ago, it was just spammy and gross. It felt forced and it wasn't comfortable. Now I have no problem showing up on social media because like you said, Dana, you hit it on the head when you go on to serve and build community rather than sell. I do have a follow-up question for you. You hit on Mighty Networks. I've actually never heard of Mighty Networks. Is it an app that you download and you search for groups right in the app? That's a good question. I think you can search for groups in the app. It's an app, but it also supports uh, desktop. So often, if it's a longer answer, I'll answer it on the desktop so I can type. But what it is, is people who are like, who have a lot of people who have podcasts, for example, are moving away. They used to have all have Facebook groups, right? As a way to cultivate community. Now they're moving away towards mighty networks because it's a private, not again, non-algorithmic, um, but also people aren't worried about like privacy issues or distractions, frankly. Um, that was the reason I chose never to, I had a Facebook group for one of my programs and I really disliked it because I would go onto the group and then all of a sudden I'm done some rabbit hole from, you know, some girl I went to high school with and a, a dog that needs saving and politics and all these things. And so I, 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 I left Facebook. I'm not active on Facebook. And so the mighty networks is basically a tool to cultivate these communities. I'm not sure. I think you can search for places. I think you can search for communities on mighty networks. Um, but I think it, what it is more is that, people like, I hate the word guru, that's the wrong word, but like thought leaders or people who have large followings are using Mighty Networks to, to cultivate their communities. Um, so like Tara McMullins, What Works, she views it as her role as a serving many to many. Her view is that she is the, the super connector. Um, her role is to connect people with other people in order to advance their business. She's not on there like teaching, the goal is really to network and to build a build a community. That is so interesting. I'm definitely going to look into Mighty Networks. I'm sure I have a lot of moms right now that are pulling over in their cars and jotting down <laughs> Mighty Networks, but don't worry. Keep your eyes on the road. I'll have it in the they're show not, notes. And they're not sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> yeah, but this Mighty is so Networks cool. is listening and wants to sponsor, I'm sure right? Allison would love to talk to you. <laughs> so my next question for you is, how can busy moms grow their network and scale their business without sacrificing time with their family? Like that's probably like the biggest struggle for moms. I agree. We're all, we're all in it together. So, you know, my son's in school, so that's a game changer. Right. But he's also in school, which means like eight to three 30. So like, it's not necessarily a full day. And so I think there, there's a few things that I've learned. One is we have to accept the fact that we may not be able to do all the things, but I actually think that's an asset. I actually think that this condensation of time is really great for your business because all of the nonsense and fluff and things that aren't necessary just fall to the wayside. So the things that are the most, if you focus on doing the most important thing, the thing that's going to make the biggest impact on your business, and then anything that's like a nice to have may not get done, 
but it ne isn't necessarily necessary. So what I mean by that is if I had all the time in the world, I could create a vibrant YouTube channel. I could have like a multi day a week podcast. I could have be on all the social media platforms. I could have great SEO. I could be serving more clients, all these things. But because I don't have all that time, I have to prioritize the most, the things that are going to make the biggest impact in my business. And so I don't have a YouTube channel. I do, but I haven't updated it, but I don't have, <laughs> I'm not active on YouTube anymore. I'm not active on these platforms. And so what it does is it, it, look, it forces you to get really clear on the things that are making the biggest impact. So for example, if you, let's say are a blogger and you're working to grow your blog traffic, looking at where your people are coming from and not just where they're coming from, but what they're doing once they get there. So if most of your people are coming from Pinterest and the people that come from Pinterest are clicking on the work with me page, the subscribe to my list page, whatever it is, then you know, okay, I'm going to focus on Pinterest and that's it. I can, it gives you permission to let go of LinkedIn, let go of Twitter, let go of anything that's not serving you. It also forces you to really get efficient and clear on what your most important tasks and things are. So I can't take meetings at all, God, at like all times of the day. So all of a sudden, when I say I can't do a meeting this week, I can do one next week, then the client says, okay, well, maybe we can sort this out via email. And which is more sometimes more efficient anyway. And so if you're trying to scale your business, the first step is to get really clear on the most impactful actions that you can take and what is going to make the biggest impact and what you're going to focus on. So I also believe that it's important to focus on one primary line of business at a time. So we have, we do full service campaigns for authors. I also have a membership site that's a more economical kind of DIY option for authors. And then I also do consulting and coaching and all of these things. But the main focus for this year is the membership site, is growing the membership site. So I am not actively, I, we take on new publicity clients because they just come in, but that's not where, my focus, where I'm putting my focus. So when I'm determining, do I need to go to this conference or do I need to participate in this event? If it's not serving that one primary goal, I say no. And so when you're focused on one primary uh, revenue stream in your business, guess what? <laughs> it grows a lot faster in a lot less time. So I think because when you have all the time in the world, you can easily say, okay, I'm gonna do this e-course, I'm gonna <laughs> grow my blog, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And you can do a lot of different things, but then nothing gets done well. And when time is condensed, you can only focus on one marketing tactic, on one revenue stream, on one, like on one thing at a time. And so you become a lot more efficient. And I would argue you can scale and grow just as quickly as someone who has all the time in the world, but they're diluting their resources. I love everything you just said, and you hit on a key point or key word, and it was impact. And you just validated what's been going in my head for like so long because- Tell me about it. <laughs> well, as moms, you, you said it crystal clear. As moms, we feel that we have to do it all, but there's not enough time in the day. And when you just said it so good, when make clear, impactful actions, 
because it's one thing to make the to-dos, like you have to make beautiful graphics, you have to make sure you have the perfect landing page and do this and do that. And yeah, that's all great and it'll eventually help your business, but what is that one action now? And it's just funny that you said this. Just yesterday, I was talking to my business mentor and you know what she said? Get out of your own way. Don't worry about all that other stuff. Get out of your own way. Do what's going to serve your business now. And it was just like a light bulb moment that went off in my head. So you just validated everything that I was thinking. And I'm sure a lot of moms are at home going, duh. (laughs) Yeah. Like don't worry about it. (laughs) And keep it simple, right? Like what's the, like we can always make it more complicated. Like there's no shortage of ways to complicate your business. And so like one of our authors was saying she wants to launch an e-course and she was just like, but I have to do this. I have to find the host. I have to find this. So what is the simplest way you can do this right now? She's like, I could get a PayPal account and have people submit via PayPal their pre-orders. And if they pre-order enough, then I'll make the landing page and I'll make everything else. I'm like, great, do that. Just put out your list. Like if you want this e-course, I'll make it. If I reach this many registrations, PayPal me 50 bucks. Yeah. You know, it's, you just keep it really simple. So like if you don't have the time to make the prettiest graphics, make templates. I, I use Canva. We just template everything, make a copy, change the text, done have a stable of photos. You can reuse photos. It's totally fine. Um, yeah, just keep it as like, I always think about like, what's the simplest thing that this could look like and try to start there. Cause if you start complicating things, it's like with, um, like I love email marketing. Like I'm a, I'm a writer by trade. I love, I, I, I give good email. I write good emails and I love email marketing, but it was also taking up. I, like if, if I was getting paid to solely write emails, I would be completely happy, but I'm not. And so I was writing weekly emails that took, you know, probably like 45 minutes to an hour a week. And I loved it, but it wasn't making as much of an, it it probably made the same amount of impact as if I was to do monthly emails. And so what I did was I just took my favorite, like my 10 to 15, I think favorite emails put them into a welcome sequence, a nurture sequence. So people who newly sign up for my newsletter are going to get those emails once a week, then they're gonna to go to bi-weekly, and now I just send a monthly e-blast to our existing, our existing list. And so now I reduced three hours a month, and I'm still engaging with, those, with the new people who come in, and they're getting those weekly emails, so they're getting up to speed, they're you know, getting calls to action and things. Um, But, you know, we have to look at ways we can cut, we can deliver just as good of a product and just as good of a service and keep getting new clients in less amount of time. And so even the things that you love, like if you love playing on Canva and you love taking gorgeous flat lay brand photos, that's awesome. We can't always do that. Like that's, even though you love it, it's not necessarily the the thing making the most impact in your business. And I know we talked about like, I'm an introvert. So me showing up takes a lot of energy, but when I show up, that makes a really big impact. So when I show up on a webinar, when I show up on a podcast, when I show up for a new client call, that's the biggest impact. Like that's my most important work. And so I need to keep space for that. And in order to keep space for that, I'm not shooting YouTube videos. I'm not, you know, on every social media platform. Um, I'm not writing those, you know, long emails every week. 
Um, so I think just getting really clear on what's making the biggest impact in your business. And it's going to require a lot of, requires a lot of testing. You know, you're gonna have to try different things and see what works and what doesn't. Cause anyone who says this is the one thing for you is lying. Every business and person is unique. So I could say showing up for me on a webinar, like I can sell on a webinar really easily where someone else like, you should never be on a camera. <laughs> like, Don't just write and don't, you know, don't do anything else. Um, so it, a lot of it is testing to really see what is the thing that's going to make the big impact. And I like what you said about don't overcomplicate it because I think what happens is, is we get on social media, we start following all these influencers and mentors in our niche. And then we get on the email list, right? I used to be subscribed to so many. And what happens is, is you are getting what I call a lot of noise in your face. And that's mm -hmm. what overcomplicates it. You feel that you have to do it all. Well, this person's doing this. This person is telling me to do this. This is do, you know, yeah. and we have to allow ourselves to pull away from that and take a hard look at our business and say, well, what do I want to do? What do mm -hmm. I like to do? And what would help grow my business? That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we, we tend to overcomplicate it, but then we, like you said, you have to simplify it and look at your own business and how can you make an impact with your business. Yeah. And depending on which stage you are in business, I do think like, Allison, like what you did was accurate. Like you do want to sign up for these newsletters because you want to see what other people are doing. So if, if you're at the research stage, if you're like your first, second year in business, that is the point where you're, you are trying everything, you know, you are aping other people and that's okay. Like you said, you're like, oh, I had this fake salesy Instagram feed and, <laughs> you know, and, and I was the reverse. I had my, one of my friends who's a, um, Instagram consultants. She said, you're, you're supposed to know what, who you are and what you're about by your first, your top six photos. And I looked at my top, this was a couple of years ago. I looked at my top six photos and all it was, was coffee, pictures of coffee, books, and bourbon. Like that was all it was. <laughs> Accurate things I like, but nothing about what I do, not my face, anything like that. And so I think it is important to sign up for a bunch of lists, you know, follow a bunch of people on social, figure out what jives with you and then just do that. And then like unfollow everything that doesn't serve you, unsubscribe from everything that doesn't serve you. And figure, it's, easy, it's easy to figure out who you want to be and how you want to show up if you see how you don't want to show up, right? If you see, oh, that person is completely fake and not congruent, I don't want that. Or that person sends way too many emails. Or this person only sends emails when they're selling something. Like you can see the patterns of the things you don't like. And so it's easier for you to figure out how you want to show up in the world. So a lot of this is going to depend on there's nothing wrong with taking a, you know, six months even to research and not actively promote your business. There's nothing wrong with just being on Instagram and watching or just reading emails. Like that's important groundwork, but then put that stuff down and then get to work. Yep. Put it into action, right? Exactly. <laughs> so I want to know from you, cause I know networking is important and you can network online. How has networking impacted your business? So when I started K-Publicity, I went from having one client to 30 in less than a year. It was dramatic, exponential, crazy, crazy growth. <laughs> and it was, I did not do anything. So this is again, like, I think I signed up for the, like MailChimp had launched, I think during this time. Like, so email marketing 
it was a thing for like corporations and nonprofits. It wasn't a thing for like individuals. Um, Twitter, you know, this was 2009. Twitter just came out in, in 2007 and really didn't hit the ground until late 2008. Facebook had just opened to the public, like people didn't have pages. And so this was a very different time. I didn't have any of these tools. The only tool I had was networking. And what happened was, is my, my first client talked a lot. She told everyone what we were doing. The, the great thing about PR is that it's very visible. So if someone sees the things that our authors are doing and they see our author on the Today Show or they see them or they hear them on PR, then they'll say like, oh, who's your publicist? Because they know like the publicist got them on. So it's free advertising for us. So we get all these referrals. So that's all from networking. But what I, and that's from our current clients and empowering our current clients to share who we want to work with, the types of books, the types of authors that we enjoy working with so that they can help spread the word. But the other pattern I noticed was that our authors were came in with similar agents. So the literary agent's role is to sell the book to the publisher and then they get a cut of every book sold. So they get a percentage. The more books that sell, the more the literary agent gets paid. So it's in their best interest to refer their clients to a good publicist because good PR leads to more book sales, which leads to the agent making more money. Other reasons too, it's not just about money, but at the very basic level. <laughs> and so I noticed that our, there are certain literary agents that were referring us a lot of business. And so I realized, okay, literary agents are the, the best referrer for us. So rather than trying to get individual clients, which also feels weird because you're like pitchy, again, that salesy mm -hmm. pitchy thing. I was talking, I was reaching out to literary agents, talking to them about what we were doing and how we could serve their audience, their clients. So I think for people who, so that made a dramatic impact on, on my business. We've grown, we were growing exponentially every year for five years. And then I started to build out a team. So then it goes up and down based on how many hires I have that year. Um, but I think that the, the growth of our client list and the quality of our clients is because of those refers. So I would say that if you don't have time to network with potential clients one-on-one, -on -one, think about who else, who those people go to, to, for advice, to solve that problem, right? Like, so if they're having a problem, who are they going to go to? And that's your main refer you, cause you want that refer to say, oh, I have, this person or this business or, you know, the service provider to help. Okay. So if you, for, for authors, refers are librarians and booksellers and bloggers um, for, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like, so like if you serve entrepreneurs, they're going to go, they're going to ask their mastermind group. They're going to ask their business coach. They're going to ask their, a consultant, their VA, all these things. So identifying who else your typical client works with that doesn't compete with you and who they may turn to with these questions, with the problems that you are ready to solve for them. Dana, this was awesome information. I can't thank you enough for coming on here and talking about networking and being an introvert and just how to get out of that bubble or what we call our own bubble. Mm -hmm. So Dana, before we end today, please tell our audience where they can connect with you because we actually connected on Instagram Mm -hmm. And I've checked your, your stuff out. I've checked your um, website out and it's phenomenal what you do. It's really neat. So 
tell our listeners where they can find you. Yep. So you can find more about networking, personal branding, making meaningful connections at brandingoutsidethebox.com. And you can subscribe to the podcast, also Branding Outside the Box. All right. And I will make sure that I drop all of that information in the show notes. So of course, if you're driving, wait till you get home and check the show notes. And again, thank you so much for being on the show today, Dana. This was so much fun. Thanks, Allison. Thank you for tuning in today. If you loved today's episode and walked away with value, then please head over to iTunes, social media for mompreneurs, and leave a review and subscribe to the channel. This would make my day. And don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at Allison Scholes or grab some freebies over at bossladyandsweatpants.com. Take care. I'll see you next time.